Uh, how many of you guys or ladies you have hanging somewhere in the house, most likely in the hallway, but maybe sitting in another place, uh, uh, pictures or, or a portrait of your family? You got you and your kids or, or you and your folks or maybe you and your friends if, you don't, if you're not married and have kids yet, but you've got some pictures hanging up of people that you love, that you care about. They're part of or have been part of your life. Well, that, that's probably going to cover a lot of us. A lot of us in here. Now, whether or not you actually have the photos hanging up, you actually have a family portrait. Here, here's what a family portrait is. It is a snapshot of all the people in your family, in, your one, in somebody's family, with, with all the dynamics and the differences and the difficulties. You see, a portrait is a visual description or... A verbal description. If you don't believe me, go ahead and Google it, dictionary.com, and that's what it's going to say. Now, our portraits can change over time. You know, we add, sometimes we add folks, you get married, family gets bigger, things like that. And um, what we want is for our family portraits, the description part, to become better over time. Every one of us has some good and bad associated with things in our family. We've got some things that we, you know, wish weren't there, but they're actually part of our history. We, we also have things that we're great. We're super happy they're there. We, we all have those types of things. Now, each week, what we're going to be doing is, during this series, we, we've done it so far, and we're going to continue that way, is we're looking at a different portrait uh, of, of a family, and we're going to tell a story that could be true of that family. So just in case... We throw up a picture on the screen. You're like, hey, that's, that's my uncle. Well, uh, we didn't know it was your uncle, okay? We're making up the stories, but they could be true. And here's where we got these stories and the questions we're going to answer. A few months back, we asked for, we had a survey that y'all filled out, and you asked us family questions. We asked, hey, tell us what you want to know. So we want to make sure that we talk about some of these things. So that's where it all came from. You guys did a fantastic job of asking some amazing questions, and that's where all of this came from. Now, the stories that we tell certainly are going to address the questions, and we're going to be using the Bible to do it. As a matter of fact, each week we're sharing insights from the Bible to help us answer those questions, and we have a theme verse that, we're, that we want to make sure we read and talk about briefly every week, and that's Proverbs chapter 7, verse 4. And if you didn't know, in the Bible, the, they call the book, we call the book of Proverbs, it's a... It's a collection of very wise sayings, very wise things that God told and, and, and got people to write. Here's what this one is. Make insight a treasured member of your family. If we will take the insights from the Bible that we're talking about today and each week during the series and we treasure them, make them a treasured part of their family, they will literally change things in our life. Not because, you know, not because we're anything special and, hey, we've got these great, it has nothing, we're not. We're not that smart, really, but God is. And he's got some great things to say, and he has some great insight that you and I can use for our family. So what we're doing is we don't want to just take these things we're talking about and add them as some little, hey, I'm going to get a little bit of Bible here to help us. I'm going to get a little bit of Jesus here to help us, and maybe it'll make my life a little bit better. That's, that's not it's way bigger than that. We're talking about what we're, the, the things we're bringing, the insights that apply to our situations, if we'll use them and treasure them, make them a very important part of the way we live, they will change our lives. 
and they will always change our lives for the better because they're coming from God. So with all that being said, let's take a look at our family for this week. I know it's up there because I, you know, I was waiting for the, for the chuckle. Well, <clears throat> let me tell you the story about this guy. This guy has been through the ringer. He's had it pretty rough, actually. Um, here's kind of his family dynamic. He's got an, an older brother that he hasn't spoken to uh, very much at all in three years. Um, he has a, also has a younger sister. Now, these, the three kiddos, they're obviously, they're grown now, but they were raised by a single mom who struggled uh, to, to pay the bills and, and keep her head above water uh, because she was single. And unfortunately, she had, it, it seemed like every couple months or every, every, you know, every three or four months, she had a new live-in boyfriend. And these guys that, that, that she had and brought in, none of them treated the kids well. They, they kind of treated the, all three of the kids like they were worthless and you know, they didn't need to be there. It was, it was really a bad situation. Now, you fast forward a few years, and his, this guy's mom, she was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, terminal, there, there's no chance that, that she's going to survive it. Well, the older brother kind of couldn't handle that. He, didn't deal, he just couldn't, couldn't deal with it. He couldn't come to grips with it. So he, he kind of jumped off, went off the deep end, and, and tried, to, tried to separate himself from reality. With, he, first, he started with prescription meds, and then he jumped into illegal, you know, uh, illegal drugs, and that's kind of become his life now. Unfortunately, he has now stolen uh, from our friend on the screen. He's, he's caused all kinds of harm and trouble in the family uh, because of you know, just the path that he took. Well, this, our, our brother, the, the guy, our, our friend here, wants to help, this, help his brother out. But every time he tries to talk to him about something, every time he tries to say, hey, man, you've, I mean, yeah, mom, she's since passed away, but this was bad, and it was really rough on us, but, man, you, you, your life is kind of messed up. Every time he tries to help him, his brother just gets mad and gets angry and throws a fit, and it becomes a huge fight. Maybe you can relate to something or someone like that in your family. Well, the one bright spot of this guy's family is that he found and married a fantastic woman, a beautiful gal, loving wife, but unfortunately, shortly after their one-year anniversary, and they had just had a newborn uh, she, the, the mom, his wife, was tragically killed in a car accident. So what that did was that left our guy here alone to raise their little girl. He didn't have a, he, if you can't tell by looking into his eyeballs, he's extremely stressed out. He doesn't have any great example of parents to, to go by. He didn't have, you know, a good lot growing up, so he doesn't know how to be a parent, and he knows that. And so he's, he's like, I, wanna, I want my little girl to have a great life. You know, I want to be a good parent, but I don't know. This, I'm, I'm at a loss, and so he's really feeling it. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't know what to do. On top of that, he has a sister, that's the one we talked about, who for no apparent reason, maybe has to do with her mom, we don't know, uh, she's very hateful to him. As a matter of fact, she took a picture of him holding his little girl, 
in a family portrait, and she photoshopped a little girl out and put a cat. Then she posted the picture on Instagram, Facebook, every social media outlet she could find, and then you can imagine from this photo all the comments that he's probably gotten, you know, the, how people have taken shots at him now, because uh, let's just face it, this is a creepy picture. Uh, well, just FYI, the guy doesn't even own a cat, okay? His sister was just being mean. So this guy, he has some crazy dynamics, some crazy differences and crazy difficulties in his family. His life has been rough, and now he's stressed out, and he has a little girl, and he, he's just, I don't know what to do. That's what he's thinking. And what we're going to do today is look at some insights that could help this guy, and maybe they can help you if you fall into, you might not fall into this exact category, but maybe something relates a little bit to your life. Here we go. How? How should this guy, or how can this guy tell a family member, his brother specifically, that he's going the wrong way, he's doing the wrong things? How can he approach him without making his brother mad and throw a fit? There's a literal question that we got during the series, and here's the answer. Very, I'm going to give you some, just some advice first, then we're going to look at biblical insight. Um, it's not about trying to avoid making his brother mad. It's about trying to help him. You should never fall prey to the manipulative threat of making somebody mad. Shouldn't do it. You know, man, I know they're going wrong and I want to help them, but if I tell them they're going to get mad, so I just keep quiet. You should never do that. Well, the, the thing is this. If somebody gets mad at the drop of the hat and you just know it, you may know somebody like that. Maybe you are somebody like that. What's happening is this person is manip- trying to manipulate you and the situation. That's how they try to control what's going on. They'll just get mad. And that makes everybody leave them alone because they don't want to change or they don't want to fix it or it hurts too much or whatever it is. They, they genuinely have a problem that needs to be fixed. Well, they're just going to get mad about it. Well, that's the, how can this guy help his brother? He shouldn't fear the guy getting mad. Shouldn't, don't be afraid of it at all. He needs to protect himself, of course, but don't be afraid of him getting mad. If he gets mad because he loves him, what he should do, what this, this guy should do is love his brother more. And refuse to be controlled by his anger. Now, that's just a piece of advice from life. Now, let's look in the Bible for even some more stuff. Here's some insight from the Bible that this guy can apply with his brother. Luke chapter 17, verse 3. So each of you needs to be careful. So pay attention. I mean, that's what he's saying. Pay attention. Watch out. If your brother sins against you, confront him about it. And if he has a change of mind and heart, then forgive him. Be alert, watch out for yourself and others, and then apply this. There is a time to confront people. There is a time to confront people. This guy can help his brother by paying attention, being careful, but realizing there's a time that I do need to confront him, whether he's going to get mad about it or not. I do need, he does need to say, hey, look, you're going the wrong way. Now, he does it because he loves him, not because he's mad at him, not because he's trying to get back at him, not, not because of any of those reasons, but because he genuinely wants the best for his brother. 
He, he should ask God to help him. Help me stand up to him. He should say, God, help me. Let me know what to say and how to talk to him, what, how to come across, you know, bring this up the best way. If that, look for that help. But there is a time to confront people. We, we find it in the Bible. If your brother sins against you, confront him. Our guy needs to look for guidance and maybe even have an intervention to help his brother. This is all okay to do, even if the brother is going to get mad. And here's something we, we need to know. You can't control somebody's reaction. You can't. When you're, if you find yourself in a place like this and you need to apply some biblical insight, I know, I know in the Bible we just heard about talking to somebody if there's a, a problem or you know, maybe standing up to them or maybe not letting their anger control us, but I don't know what they're going to do. You're, you don't. You don't. You, you, you can't. You, you can't know. You just, what you need to do is take the chance because you love them. And saying, "Here, we're going to do this." And by the way, did you the, the second part uh, again uh, of this scripture? If they change their mind and heart, then forgive him. Well, that almost sounds a little different than what we talked about last week. If you were here, we talked about forgiveness and how it's unconditional. That we forgive people doesn't mean you agree with them. Doesn't mean you let wrongs happen. Doesn't mean any of that. But you do. You, you, you should forgive people regardless of what, it, what happened. This kind of seems to be saying, well, if he repents of it, if he says, I'm sorry, and changes, then you forgive him. Well, let, let me give you a little more information here. The correct way to look at this is this. If the brother, in this case, or this, if the person has a change of mind and heart, then you restore the relationship. Then you allow them a little closer to you. Most likely, our guy in the picture here, most likely he has created boundaries between him and his brother and said, this is as close as I can get to you. You've stolen from me. You've hurt me. You're, you're throwing your life away. And I can't, I can't have my little girl you know, be in danger, all of these things. So likely he's created a boundary and said, this is as far as I go. And that's a, that's a very healthy thing. Well, if he has this talk with his brother and his brother says, you know what, I Man, my life is in shambles. I need help. Then he can maybe pull the boundary back a little bit and, and reach out and say, okay, I, I want to help. I want to bring, I don't want to just tell you you're wrong, but how, I want to help you. I want to engage back into a relationship with you. And may, that may even take just a little bit uh, at a time. I mean, it, it depends, the speed map you know, may change, but... He can't control his actions, but what he can do is reach out, love his brother, regardless of if he's going to get angry or not, and then he can restore relationship as, as it's possible. That's one thing, one piece of insight from the Bible that this guy can do. See, it's a funny picture, but it's kind of a serious, it's a funny picture, but kind of a serious message, because this is like, we all probably know somebody that we have this type of issue with them. Here's another one. How should this guy treat his mean sister that's hateful and always doing things like posting this ridiculous photo? How should he treat her? Well, answer's kind of the same, but let's go a little further. First Peter 4, 8. Most of all, love each other steady, steadily and unselfishly because love makes up for many faults. 
Here's what he should do with his sister. He should commit to a loving attitude and seek the best for the troublemaker. He should commit to a loving attitude and really seek for the best for her. Um, he should let the wrongs that she's done, her, her hatefulness, roll off of him. While that's not always easy, he should address it if he needs to, just like the brother. He should say, hey, you know what? Enough's enough. So he, he, he should, should do that. But he, could, he should take the, the stance of, I love you. I care about you. And, and I'm going to do my best to, to, to help you be the best. He should love his sister. And, and here's a little thing that I, I heard a long time ago. I don't even remember who said it. But it stuck with me since then. And it was this, that love always hits its mark. I don't even know if I've said it in here before or not. But love always hits it's Mark. It comes from 1 Corinthians. If you look, read 1 Corinthians 13 in the Bible, there's a piece of it that we read, love never fails. If you show somebody love, it's not going to fail. It's going to hit them. Now, they may not respond to it. They may not tell you that they felt it. They may never change. But I guarantee you that if you love somebody, it's going to hit them. It won't miss so this guy should hit the mark of his sister with his love and let God take care of the rest of it. The interesting part in this little 1 Peter 4, 8, love makes up for many faults. Here's what this guy shouldn't do because love covers things. If he's loving her, he won't go out and say, did you hear what my sister did? Man, she posted this. And he tells everybody, you know how bad a person she is? Look how hateful she is. <clears throat> Excuse me. She created this stupid picture. Now everybody thinks I'm a creeper. And I, I mean, he just, I mean, just tears her apart to everybody. He shouldn't do it. Does she deserve that? Probably. Um, you know, if, if he made one remark on Facebook and said, this, this is not true, he would just have a gob of people jump on the bad wing and, and, and trashing her. He shouldn't do it. What he should do is love her. Forgive her. Maybe stand up to her and say, enough's enough. But he should protect her and say, I love you, and you've sinned against me. This is bad, but I'm going to cover it. I'm going to let it go. This is some insight that this guy can apply that can change the stress level in his life. One more question. How is this guy going to deal with the stress of single parenting? He doesn't have a good example. He, um, he doesn't know where to you know, find help. He just knows, I've got to take care of this little girl. And, and, and it's, it's like pressure. If, you, if you've got kids in here, you know what stress is. If you don't have kids yet, you will know what stress is when you do. I promise. I promise. Just ask any parent if they know what stress is, and they're going to say, oh, yeah. Well, he's feeling it early on. He doesn't even have any help. Psalm 119, 43 and 44, here's something this guy can do, or here's an insight from the Bible this guy can use to help with the stress of single parenting, or anybody could use just for the stress of parenting in general. As pressure and stress bear down on me, 
I find joy in your commands. This is written to talking to God. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand. Help me to understand them so I may live. Following God and trusting him with the outcome takes the stress off of you. So many of us, him included, feel like we have to control everything. We have to fix everything. We will run ourselves ragged trying to make everything work out the way we think it's supposed to work out. And we have good intentions. But if you have not yet figured it out, let me give you another insight that will help you in life. You control very little. You control your own actions. For the most part, you control your own thoughts. And that's about it. You really don't control anything else. If you have children in here, you know this to be true. You think, I mean, you can control whether your child sits up or stands up or sits down. You can control whether you give them the keys to the car or not. I mean, you can control those things. But you can't really control people. You can't really control situations. People are going to do what people are going to do. Things are going to happen, and you can't, you can't force it. So when you try, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make sure this works? How am I going to make sure that happens this way? How am I going to take care of this kid? How am I going to make sure they go the right way? Oh, my gosh, I'm going to my crazy. The reason is because you're trying to do something that's God's job and not yours. Now, you have responsibility to direct them and train them and discipline. You have responsibilities. But at the end of the day, leaving things up to God and saying, God, I'm going to go your way. I'm going to follow your commands and let the chips fall where they may. Stress in your life will go way down because you're saying, God, I'm doing what you said. Now it's up to you to take care of the problem. It's up to you to take care of it. It takes a weight off of your shoulders. You still have responsibility. Don't go out and say, all right, (laughs) I ain't got to do nothing. No, that's not what I mean. But you don't have to stress out about trying to figure it out. One of the biggest causes of mental and physical health problems is what? Stress. So this, this covers everybody, whether you got kids or not, whether you ever have kids or not, whether you're married, it doesn't matter. Everybody deals with stress. What we do, when we do what we're made to do and simply follow and trust God and his commands and then let him work it all out, we remove a ton of stress. If, if nothing else that I've said today has helped you, this is worth the price of admission right here. You can remove stress from your life. Um, and by the way, we're all going to make mistakes. Your kids are going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean you're a loser. It just means you made a mistake. Live from it. I mean, learn from it and fail forward. Just say, okay, we messed up with this one. We just won't do it that way again. Now, because I, I sometimes think people think the way I do, uh, or they, some people are crazy like me, another question pops into my mind here as I say these things. You know, okay, he should find joy in God's commands. He should follow and trust God with these things. He should, he should do those things. Well, how does he do that? I need some help with that one because you're, you're telling me an easy answer, but how exactly does he go about that? Well, I'm going to try to help a little more. First thing is this, make God priority number one. 
Our guy here, in talking with, about him and his little girl, he should put God first in his life above everything else, even above her. And you're like, well, that doesn't make, yeah, it makes plenty of sense because God knows how to take care of everything else. He should make God priority number one. Listen to this, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Somebody's talking to Jesus. They're saying, hey, Jesus, what's the most important commands in the world ever? And his answer is, of all the commandments, which is, I'm sorry, here's the question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important, important, important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. I'm going to simplify it, even though it's, it's, that's a, ma- a massive scripture. Choose God's way first. First. Start there. I mean, if you have to end there because you've gone wrong a whole lot, that's fine. You know, pick it up wherever you can. But if you start there, it's a lot better. How does this, how does this guy, how does our friend here, how does he know what God's way is? The, 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 the answer is very simple, but it's huge. A lot of you have, are, are doing what he should do right here, right now. Church is a big deal. Hearing somebody talk about things that are in the Bible and things that, that you know, God has said and, 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 and just bringing to you something from their hearts from God, that's a big deal. Uh, everybody in here won this morning. You're, you're putting God first with your Sunday morning. Our dad here should do that. And, and not just send her, but bring her and come. So, so you're, you guys are on that. Here's another thing he can do that we can do. Uh, the, the, the Bible actually has a lot of good stuff in it. And there's, there's today we have so many tools available to us. I will admit to you that if you go to a bookstore and you buy a King James version of a Bible and you sit down and start trying to read it from Genesis all the way through, some of you are going to do just fine with that. A lot of you, and I would be in this group, are going to be like, okay, this is, I don't even understand some of this. You're talking, I don't get it. So here's how to help with that. Number one, pick a different version. There's not that maybe you can grasp, but there's also, even, even in, in addition to that, there are, there's something called, bio, there's a, a website, Bible.com. There's an app, you, the version app, Y-O-U, version. There, there's tons of Bible devotionals on there. And you can pick a subject, single parenting, and it's going to give you things in the Bible about single parenting. It's going to, I mean, there are so many tools available. That's, those are just two. Uh, those are actually the same one. But the, that's just one tool. The Bible has a lot of help. You should bring it into your life. And as a matter of fact, use it as part. or Let it, let it guide your life. The next one is hang out with friends that are following God too. It's another thing this guy can do to put God first. Hang out with people that are trying to do the same thing. That's why uh, Ignite Groups would be a great thing for you to be a part of. That's why you, you hang out with each other, even outside of some structured church event. Just, hey, there's people that I, I, need, that I, I go to church with. Let's, let's hang out. Perfect. These are ways that this guy can begin to put God first in his life because he's starting to get around God's family. Now, there might be something you didn't catch in this passage of Scripture. 
love your neighbor. You know, we've heard that a lot. Then it says, as, or we read, as yourself. There's an implication here that you should love yourself. We all hear we should love our neighbor, supposed to put God first. This guy, to help alleviate the stress of single parenting, he should love himself. Here's what parents do. Uh, a lot of times, while we have responsibilities and there are times you know, we give up things for our kids, you know, I, I drive this kind of vehicle because I have my kids' knee braces or you know, whatever. Okay, I get that, and that's healthy. But there are also times when parents completely let themselves fall apart in every way and shape and form because I'm just doing it for my kids. Well, you know, if you're unhealthy, if you're falling apart yourself, if you're so exhausted that you, you, know, you can't stay awake, you can't help your children. Y'all have heard this before. Uh, if, you fl- if you've flown anywhere and you have a child with you, and the, if, you, if you fly Southwest, they have some really cool flight attendants sometimes. They make up stories. But they'll be talking. I don't make any money from Southwest, but... Um, you stand there, and they're up there, and they're showing you, you know, you do the latch, and here's the doors, and here's all this. And if you're with a child, and you're going to go down, the plane's going down, and the masks come down, what do they tell you to do? Put your mask on first, then put the mask on your kid. Why? Because if you pass out, you can't help them. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you are on a healthy track personally. Physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, with God for sure. That's one of the best ways to alleviate stress in parenting. Make sure you're healthy. And, of course, make sure your kids are healthy. Do the best you can for them. Love yourself. Now, this, in thinking about this, this guy should raise his little girl the way she should go. And he should, please forgive me if your last name is Jones in here, okay? But he should forget the Joneses. Now, if you're, really, if your name is Jones, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's just that term, you know, everybody's trying to be like the Joneses. No, no, forget them. Um, taking insight from last week, we're going to apply it here today. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Direct a kid in the way he should direct his daughter in the way that she should go, what's fit for her, the way she was made, the way God designed her not the way everybody else in society says he needs to raise this child. And let me tell you what I'm talking about, because you, you could misunderstand this. This is long and ridiculous, but if, if he was to be in society today with a little girl and he's, people, he's trying to take what everybody else does to make sure their kids are going the right way and he tries to apply what everybody else is saying, he might think he has to do this. Make his little girl... A soccer-playing, softball-pitching, ballerina-dancing, piano-playing, cookie-selling, pageant-winning, recital-singing, hog-hunting, redfish-catching, deer-skinning, chess-playing, school-play-acting, Snapchat-worthy, Facebook diva. (laughs) He might think that's what he has to do. i got to do all these things. My child has to be involved in this, and they have to be in that. And we got to make sure that they make this. And, oh, my gosh, it's my snack day. Oh, my, oh, I forgot my snack. And he's in all mean constant, always, folks, that will run you to death. And it'll, you know, it's not, it's not healthy. None of these things I mentioned are bad, by the way. Well, maybe the Facebook diva, that's ridiculous. 
But everything else, um, none of those are bad things. But to try to be all of them and try to, I've got to make my, I didn't have this, so my kid has to have this. And my parents want it this way, so I need to be, and just try to do it all. Can't do it. Can't live up to that. It's too much. That's going to cause more stress on him, and it's going to stress his little girl out to you. We had a rule for our kids. Now, my, my kids are now all, uh, 16 and 19. And so this, this, they're kind of out of the, that type of phase. But when they were younger, we said, you can be involved in one thing at a time. That's it. You're not playing two sports at a time. You're not going to be involved in this and this and this and this and this. I am not driving to three practices in a day. One thing. And you know what? My kids lived. They lived. And if one of my boys was going to be a professional baseball player, it wouldn't have mattered if I started them in T-ball or not. I, I wouldn't have had to put them in every select team, and they're gone, and, I, and are spending tons of money, and all of these. I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm just saying, if that wasn't for my kid, it would do nothing but stress them out. It would do nothing but break the bank. It would, do, it would do no help, be no help to them. So my job, this guy's job as a parent, your job as parents, is to train up your kids in the way they should go, the way God has made them, the direction God has for their life. And if it's to be a pro baseball player, great. But your kid has, you know what, less than one-tenth of one percent chance of that ever happening. Sorry. <laughs> I had to come to grips with that for my kids, too, you know, so. I've still got hopes that one might be a pro football player. We'll see. Most likely not, though. A parent's goal is to raise a child who's going to live with God leading his or her life. That's what this guy should do to deal with being a single parent. He should genuinely ask God for wisdom about what's best for his little girl. We should do the same. He should ask, what's it good for her to be involved in, God, and what should she not be involved in? And even though they're all great things, what's, what's for her? How, how, God, how should he relate? He should be talking. How, God, how should I relate to her personally? Because relating to her is going to be different to relating maybe future children or the way he relates to other people. If you've got more than one child in here, you know they're not the same. You can have the same rules in the house, but you have to respond and relate to your children differently. If you try to cookie cutter it, you're going you're gonna, to, one that might work for the other, you're always going to butt heads with. It's your job to raise them the way they should go. To help this dad cut the stress, he should get God's wisdom and God's help from the beginning. So... So our guy with all of his problems and this, his whole family portrait and everything mixed in there, all the troubles, all the differences, all the dynamics, what this guy should do is he could, should confront people when needed and not care if they get mad or not, but do it in love, not, in, not because I'm going to get back at you. That's not the right way. But confront them when needed, commit to loving the people uh, in his life, even commit to loving the people that give him grief. If he would do these things, if he would put God first, 
and then let God help him direct his children, then this guy's stress level would drop tremendously. And things in life would get better. Not everything would be perfect, but things would begin to get better. All of our family portraits give us a view of the dynamics and the differences and the difficulties in our families. When we look at these pictures, there are feelings and emotions that kind of will well up inside of us. Sometimes, depends on where you're at, it might be, oh, this is my family. And it might be like, oh, gosh, that's my family. You know, whatever the case is, if we will begin to add these insights and treasure these insights, the feelings can change to, man, my family has these things and some, some, of, some of this stuff is messed up, but I'm so happy that this is my family. God, thank you that you brought us through those things. You begin to have, it begin to be a great fulfilling feeling, fulfilling feeling when you take a look at your family portrait. You guys stand up with me. I want to pray for you today, and I want to remind you that you can have personal prayer on either side of the stage when we head out of here today, remind you to sign up or register for Essentials online, check out Ignite Groups online as well. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for each and every person in here today. And God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. We want to apply your insights to our families. God, we want to treasure them and make them part of our lives. I thank you that you have blessings in store for people here, that you have direction in store for those of us here, that you, that you can correct our paths and take us the direction we really need to go. Bring us back next week, ready to hear the things that you're saying to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.